ever have a conversation with your girlfriend that was so good you wish it had been recorded? Think those conversations would be great to be able to share? Wondering if there's support or research for the recommendations your smart girlfriends give about mental, spiritual, and physical health? This podcast is born to answer those kinds of questions. Hello, I'm Sherry Coleman-Collins, registered dietitian nutritionist, and here with me in the studio is my girlfriend, Dee Wilson. We're excited to have you joining us for this edition of the Southern Fried Girlfriends podcast. Dee, how are you today? I'm doing amazing, Sherry. How about you? I'm great. I am, um, we've had a really hard week at my house because we had the stomach bug. I say we, my kid. <laughs> Thank God nobody else had yeah, it. I thought that everybody was sick. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like that when you've got a sick kid, especially when they're little, Yeah. and it's like nobody was sleeping through the night and oh man it's just between the sleep deprivation and the and the just like whininess that's life sucking and the cleanup oh that's... my gosh the cleanup yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been rough it's been rough but thank god everybody's healthy awesome well I'm happy it's been a long time coming it feels like this week's been two weeks long <laughs> What about you? How was your week? How are you feeling? My week was great. Uh, working on a software build out, which Ooh. for me is fun. <laughs> so I got that, you know, going along pretty well. So I'm awesome. excited about teaching it next week. So Yay. yeah, it was good. I think you're a natural teacher too. So am That'll I? Be great. Yeah. I don't know about that. Oh, you are. Yeah. You're patient and no, you're. I'm not. Yes, you are. <laughs> oh, then I must be like putting on the mask really well. <laughs> Everybody that knows me knows I am not patient. Aww. I think I'm patient when I'm helping someone learn something they don't know. See, that's what I'm saying. You're a good teacher. But the thing is, once I expect you to know it, I, I lose all patience. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This, this is, is it. it. Get it quick because you're done. <laughs> well, I'm so excited about today's topic because I think that it is um, It's something that is natural for everybody and is something that is a gift, I think, for everybody. And yet it's something that not everybody does, but everybody can do. So there's my riddle for you on this topic. <laughs> and I know this is something that you love, Dee. So Absolutely. I was really excited when, um, when the idea came to have this show and the guest that is going to be with us today sort of fell in my lap because I thought, oh, this is a topic I've thought about us uh, um, having on the show. And yet I wasn't sure exactly how to make it happen. And so I'm really thrilled to have um, Christina Massad with us today. And I'll introduce Christina in a minute, but I just want to say that that I am a big believer that music is something that's really vital to our soul. In fact, I think if you've ever watched a young child listen to music, they instinctively begin to bend their knees and they bounce and they rock with the rhythm. Would you say that it's that's true? It's the kind true? of thing you don't have to teach. No. You know, it's just, it just happens. Yeah. And music and movement together help engage the brain for learning in a way that, um, that, that learning without music and movement don't. So there's a reason like that we learn by nursery rhymes and song as children, because it really does help to teach things in a way that sticks in the brain and rewires the brain to learn something that doesn't really happen other ways. Yeah, I know both of my kids have uh, ADHD. And so with that learning disability, sometimes incorporating mu music or movement yeah. while they're actually doing work is so helpful for them. Yeah. And a lot of teachers are doing that in their classrooms now where they're actually bringing in they, I think they call them like brain breaks or something like that, where they partway through um, a, a learning session, they'll start 
stop and they'll have the kids stand up and they'll do like two or three minutes worth of moving and chanting oh gosh, or singing. Where was that when I was in school? I know, right? <laughs> I don't think everybody's doing it, but I think a lot of teachers are. And I think there's good research that shows that it actually helps improve behavior and learning. And it's it, I think that it makes the learning environment fun for kids, which is really important, especially for kids, I think, who struggle, you know, who struggle to learn. Because if you're... Oh, for sure. I just, you know, you said that and I thought about when my oldest son was in, I think, second grade. That's about when he was diagnosed. But he would take his own brain breaks. Like, oh. He would get tired of sitting and he would just be rolling on the floor. Oh, well. He's like, okay, I'm done for right now. Yeah. Let me just go ahead and roll across the floor yeah. right now. And this is like an eight-year-old. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That might have been a little bit disruptive, but you know. A little bit, but I think about like myself, you know, I do IT, I spend a lot of time sitting at my computer and yeah. I have to get up and walk away from that computer. Yeah. Otherwise I'll go nuts. Yeah. So I can only imagine. Yeah. Little kids. Yeah. And I am actually, I'm somebody who will turn on music and listen to music in the background when I'm, when I'm doing something like mm -hmm. when I'm, whether I'm cooking or I'm learning or I'm reading or I'm writing, mm -hmm. I love to listen to classical music in particular. I like to have that sort of running in the background. Sometimes I have to turn off all distraction, but sometimes, especially if it's something that I'm, I'm not having to think quite so intently about, but it's still something I need to do. I can turn on that music in the background and I like to stand up and if you've ever seen me speak in front of a group, I am probably the most mobile speaker, one of the most mobile speakers <laughs> you'll see because unless I'm strapped to a lectern, which I hate, but if I'm if I'm able to walk around, I will walk the room and because I think engaging my body helps my brain become more engaged too. And so um, who's strapping you to the lectern? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, you know, sometimes I have like a um, a, a lanyard or a, okay. you know, I have a okay. mobile mic and sometimes okay. I don't. <laughs> Okay. Oh, that was a strange visual, wasn't it? <laughs> it's like, what in the world? Why would you speak to those people again if they do that? <laughs> so, you know, kind of in addition to thinking about the educational benefits of music and movement, I think history is also full of references to song and music, and people have been creating instruments from raw materials forever, right? As long as we have history, and even before that, we found evidence of musical instruments and, and song. And I think that's so cool. I just, I love that um, music is something I believe God has put in our soul. He's put in our heart. And it's something that comes out of us so naturally. And with the advent of music also came dance. Mm -hmm. And so that is today's topic. We're going to talk about dance. And I think that's so cool. And in fact, dance has been recorded as part of entertainment and religious ceremony as far back as 3300 BC and maybe even before that. 3300 BC. Yeah. So it's like. So that's post dinosaurs. But <laughs> Before Jesus. I'm like trying to figure out like, what was going on in 3300 BC. This, so what I saw was um, particularly in, in reference to Egyptians. Okay. So, um, but I think even before that, even cultures that are recorded before that have, have, um, We've we've found evidence of dance and music and song. Well, and that helps kind of frame it for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, um, walk like an Egyptian was a real thing. You know that's remember that song, walk like, like an, an Egyptian. Egyptian. <laughs> so we can do that dance, and we can think about this this topic. The Bengals. That was the Bengals. Good job. <laughs> So, Dee, 
I know you love to dance. I and do. You've been part of organized dance, right? I have. Um, I started taking dance classes when I was first grade. So what's that? Seven years old. Yeah. That started right. with ballet. Moved to. I did briefly tap, maybe like one semester of tap, but I'm not that coordinated, so that went out the window. Um, but jazz and modern movement are where like I really found myself. So that's yeah, awesome. and then all the way through first year of college. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I have never taken, I don't think I've ever taken a formal dance class of any sort ever, but I do love to dance. I do love to move and I do it in my kitchen so as not to injure or offend anyone. <laughs> offend anyone? <laughs> well, you know, I'm not, I'm not particularly the most yeah, coordinated person. You're doing, you're no, no. I'm just not the most coordinated person. But let me tell you, my kid loves it. He loves to dance with me. We have dance parties on the regular, especially when he's starting to get that like itchy, misbehaving kind of streak that happens around four or five o'clock when he starts to get hungry. Mm -hmm. And he's like, needs to do something. If I'm not going to feed him, I have to distract him. Mm -hmm. So we'll do dance parties in the kitchen on the regular. And it is fun. We have a great time. And again, thinking about like, you don't have to teach a kid to dance. They're willing to do it any time, and he has some good moves, I have to say, for a five-year-old who's never taken any sort of... And I love with kids, there's just this freedom about yeah. it. Like, they're not tied into, okay, does this look right? Does this feel right? Right. Is it, they just move yeah it's beautiful yeah absolutely and they and they enjoy it they yeah. just have fun he'll giggle and laugh and and I love that's part of the part of what I love about being a mom is having that opportunity to sort of ch uh, channel my inner five-year-old with him sometimes <laughs> you know I think about like I he, get to be five now exactly <laughs> he just enjoys life he just enjoys doing stuff and mm. moving his body and listening to music and he doesn't do any of it with any judgment on himself or anybody else absolutely and I love that. That's I think the that's, beautiful part of it. It is. It is. So we should all be five years old today and find a place to dance without any sort of judgment on ourselves or anyone else. Absolutely. Done. <laughs> so let's introduce our guest. So our guest today is Christina Massad, who's an artist with a passion for dance. Christina is an Atlanta, Atlanta native and a citizen of Israel. She's a recent grad from KSU, which is Kennesaw State University, for those of you who are not local yokels. She has a BA in dance and a BS in media and entertainment studies, which is a cool kind of combo. I really love that. She is currently a freelance professional dancer, photographer, graphic designer, and videographer. So you can see she is creative so to the max. Well-rounded. Yeah, artist. yeah. <laughs> She's performed many dance works by world-renowned international and national choreographers. Christina will be presenting her own dance she choreographed at the Modern Atlanta Dance Festival coming up this May, which is super cool. She also works as an integrated content creator and apprentice for the dance theater-based company Fly on a Wall, where she runs their social media accounts, designs flyers, photographs, and more. And while she's not living in the creative world, she also enjoys leading a small group of college-age girls for the, the living room at Woodstock City Church. We'll have to ask her more about that. She loves spending time with her family, who I I know and also love and watching movies and so to learn more about Christina you can visit our website and you can also go to her website which is um, christinajmassad.com so welcome to the show Christina hi thank you <laughs> <laughs> we're so excited to have you joining us can you tell us a little bit about yourself beyond what I just read in the bio yeah so um, okay thinking about myself outside of that bio so I've always lived in Marietta. I've um, grown up with a big family and I'm a huge family person. Um, and 
I started dance when I was three years old. My mom just kind of threw me in a ballet class and I was like, whoa, I love this. Um, and so I just kept on dancing ever since. And, um, what else? I, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to think about how do I describe myself? Um, or like just talk about myself, I guess. I don't like to talk about myself. (laughs) Was majoring in dance, was that just like natural for you? Did you consider anything else or was it just like, this is what? Well, I, when I was senior year of high school, junior year of high school, I was thinking, I was like, I am not a school person. I don't like school. I don't even want to go to college. My parents were like, that's not an option. And I was like, (laughs) okay, cool. Um, And then it wasn't until my senior year of high school when I realized KSU had one of the best dance departments in the entire Southeast. Their summer dance intensive and they offered me a scholarship to go to attend the dance program as long as I got in university. So I was like, all right, this is it. I applied to KSU. I got in and I didn't apply to go to any other school. And I knew that that's just what I wanted to do. And being in the KSU dance department has opened up so many doors for me and brought so many outside opportunities into my life that I wouldn't have been able to experience if I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might be a little biased because I went there, but it truly is one of the best places for dance in the Southeast. And in my opinion, in the rest of the world too. But <laughs> <laughs> So dance is something it sounds like it was just always on your mind. It was always something you were doing. So you, you sort of fast forwarded from three years old to being in high school, but all that time you were taking dance? Yeah. So I was taking ballet classes from three until I got from three years old until I was in seventh grade. And I took a two-year break because I wanted to join FCA in middle school and I wanted to be a leader. And that required a lot of my time. So I kind of had to decide, do I want to do dance or do I want to be an FCA leader? And so I decided to uh, stop dancing and I took my two years off and then I started dancing again, but I started dancing in a different studio. So I spent about 13 years dancing at the same studio. And then naturally some things just started happening and I just decided I didn't want to be at that particular studio anymore. So I took my two-year break and was an FCA leader. And then I started dancing again uh, for the rest of my years in high school at a different dance studio that offered more than just ballet. So I started doing jazz and hip hop and contemporary and modern and musical theater and just became more of a well-rounded dancer. So I did gain a lot of my ballet technique uh, in my early years and which is hard. Like you can't just start ballet and have all of your ballet technique in a month. You know, mm-hmm. it takes years of training to be able to uh, be a skilled technique ballet dancer. So I did get all of that. And then in my later years of dancing in high school, I started to take other genres of dance and I was introduced to other types of dance. And I even started a dance team at my high school. Oh, <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. So I started, we performed at pep rallies and uh, lots of fun things. So that was pretty cool too, to, to mix school and dance together. So all my dance friends could kind of experience a little bit of what dance was like for me. So yeah. I love that. I love that. And so, so you danced all the way through essentially with that two, two year break. And then you went to college and mm-hmm. studied dance there as well. Mm-hmm. And then what? And now what I should say. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I actually, uh, 
In my college years, I in 2015, I was taking a company ballet class at KSU, and I ended up tearing my ACL. Oh. And yeah, it was the most painful thing <laughs> I had ever been through. And I tore my ACL in October of 2015, and then I ended up having surgery in like an, a month later. So in November, I had surgery, and I was out for a whole year. And really got me thinking during that time. I was like, do I even want to keep dancing? Do like, what does this injury mean? Because, you know, if you're injured as a dancer, that just means you, you can't dance. So what else do I have to offer? What else can I do with my life? What else is there? And what um, was that like? What was going through that? What was that like for you? Yeah. yeah kind of tell us how the injury happened and your yeah. mindset around it. Yeah. So um, it was right towards the end of a ballet class too, which was kind of frustrating. Um, so we were just doing some jumps in ballet. If you're a dancer listening, we were doing some petite allegro, which is um, <laughs> some ballet terms for you. And I had done the combination great. And I'm just the kind of person who wants to keep on going. And I love to jump. And in a ballet class, usually the guys jump separately than the girls, but I was like, okay, I'm going to go back and do the combination again. And I want to go jump with the guys. Cause I like to challenge myself and keep up with the men who jump super high. And I was doing great. And then I think something just happened in the air and my knee popped and I just kind of fell to the ground. And oh. it's crazy because all three of my siblings have torn their ACLs as well. So I think it really was, um, a genetics thing. It mm. just, kind of happened between all of us and my brothers have torn their ACLs twice and my sister tore it once. Oh my goodness. So they were just kind of like, well, it's your turn at some point. And I was like, all right. <laughs> um, and it just, yeah, it was really, I didn't see it coming and I had never really had an injury. Thankfully growing up in the dance world, I've seen so many injuries, but I never had one big enough to put me out of the game. And, um, it was, it sucked really bad because it was just a month away from our big show that we had. Mm -hmm. And um, that was just a really important semester for me because at the time they would bring in an international choreographer and I was chosen for that piece and it was just a duet. So it was me and one other person. And I was like, wow, out of all hundred people at this department, I was chosen for this. And I was so excited and it really hyped me up. And then I was like, well, now I can't do it. My one opportunity to like really... I don't know, just kind of show when, you, when there's a duet on stage, you know, people are just looking at two people versus yeah. looking at like 30 people on a stage. So I was really excited for that and was really bummed when I couldn't um, perform it. But, you know, in the beginning of my injury, I was just like, you know what? I, I had good, good father on repeat. And I was like, this is just oh, my yeah. song right now. And I song. yeah, I was like, no matter what, like God is still good and you are my good father and I, we're going to get through this. And, um, it was a long process. Surgery was, surgery went great. And it was just the time afterwards was really painful. I lost a hundred percent of muscle in my leg. I couldn't lift up my leg on my own. Um, it Were was, you in a cast? I was in a brace okay. afterwards, afterwards. Yeah. And, um, and my surgeon was really trying to push me and give me walking really soon. And I was at that point, I had just become really lazy and was just like, I don't really want usually at least the normal mindset of someone who gets injured who for someone who's physical is like, I'm going to come back and I'm going to be strong and I'm going to do all these things to get better. But for me, I was just kind of like, I almost felt guilty because I didn't have that mindset. I, I didn't want to get up and start walking. It was just so painful. And I just um, almost felt guilty that I was like not doing everything in my power to try to come back because I had spent so many years of my life 
doing this thing called dance that I loved and here I am in an injury and I want to get back to dancing, but I'm not doing everything that I can to make that happen. Um, so there were so many, just because of the physical pain, there wasn't any, I think it was also, yeah, I'm, I'm not I think look, trying to go back to it. I just, it's kind of a hard spot to go back and put myself in. Mm. Um, but I think, I don't know. I just didn't know if I, if I wanted it bad enough or, it was, it was honestly just really hard. It just kind of took me out of it. And I just thought, am I not supposed to be dancing? Like, is this a sign? Like, mm-hmm. should I just not even try? Like, this is my major. Should I? And so, I don't know. It just got me thinking to a bunch of different things. And I don't know. Eventually, you know, now I'm I'm back and everything's great. But um, it was a really hard year, not just physically, but mentally as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just not what having that. What was the that. turning point for you? You talk about being in this really sort of almost sounds like a, a depressed place where kind you of. just didn't know whether you could even come back from that injury, mm-hmm. maybe. And maybe that's part of it. I'm just guessing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds that's what it sounds like. Well, what what turned that for you? And you talked about listening to Good Good Father. And I mm-hmm. love that song, mm-hmm. to, you know, sort of this owed to being reminded that God is a good father, that mm-hmm. he has good things for us and we can trust him even when we're in a dark place, even when something bad has happened, mm-hmm. um, we can trust him because he is good. And, and so you had that reminder in yeah. your mind and what turned for you, because eventually you had to start the recovery process, yeah. right? Yeah. So you did. Yeah. What, yeah. what turned, what do you think turned for you? So, uh, going to physical therapy was fine. Um, but I think, something that really turned for me was in the dance department. So every semester, if you want to be a part of the KSU dance company, you have to audition every, every semester. And I was out for the fall semester because that's when I tore my ACL and the spring semester, I wasn't dancing. And then that upcoming fall semester, they were bringing in another international choreographer from Israel. And I just knew that I really wanted to be in her piece. And I was like, wait a second, I have to audition. I have to like, I have to get motivated and, um, (laughs) yeah. And so, and I was like, well, I haven't danced for the past nine months. And my doctor, my surgeon was telling me that I should be off for a year, but like nine months is the minimum. Like, don't go back before nine months. You just want to make sure everything in your knee, your graft has like healed and is strengthened. And, um, so it was literally on that day of the audition was nine months. And Mm -hmm. I was talking to the chair head of department of dance at KSU. And I was like, should I audition? I haven't danced in the past nine months. And he was like, no. So you weren't like at home, uh, Dancing around in your bedroom, no, I still could hardly stretching, nothing. I mean, I was I was stretching, but it okay. was I had lost all of the muscle in my leg. Like it was so difficult to even I couldn't jump. I couldn't do a one leg jump on my right knee, like on my right leg. The um, audition piece. What style was it? It was very contemporary. Oh, okay. So um, yeah, so I had talked to him, and he was like, "No, you don't don't audition. That's not smart. You can't go from zero to a hundred just like that." And then I talked to some other professors and they were like, well, you know what? Just audition, do what you can. I had a brace and they're like, if there's something you can't do, don't do it. You've been in this department for a year. We know that you can dance. And so we're not going to think anything of it. Just write on your audition form. Hey, I'm still recovering. And if someone wants to cast you in your piece, then they can. If not, like that's okay. And there was the professors who were choreographing. So it's about five professors and then another international choreographer who they were bringing in. And I was like, 
okay. And that choreographer that they brought in was also a guest resident for that semester. So she was teaching a choreography class and I was in her class. And the day before the audition at the end of class, I was just kind of talking to her. She was like, yeah, like what's going on with this brace on your knee? And I told her everything and I just started getting really emotional and was just crying. And she was like, well, are you going to audition? And I was like, I don't know, audition for company tour. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do it. And she was like, just go for it. So the next day I did and I wore my brace and everyone was just like, wow, I can't believe you like came back like that. Like that was great. And I ended up getting casted in her piece. And so it really just changed everything for me. And the way that she was throughout rehearsal process was just like, if there's something you can't do, it's okay. And we can find a different way. She was like, this is actually challenging me as an artist to be able to find a way that you can do something, um, that works for you, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it kind of just worked in everyone's favor. And yeah, just really, you know, reminding myself that all of this happens for a reason. I still to this day don't even know if I know the reason for all of that. But um, I really just think it was God telling me like you, you can't define yourself in dance, like dance doesn't define you. And so I'm here even when I've taken away all these things from you. So in oh. that year, I think it was just like, how, like, literally I've taken everything away from you rely on me like Mm -hmm. this is this is me you don't you don't need anything else in this season I really didn't I couldn't you know yeah I I love I just jumbled all over the place that to each of us yeah in some way yeah takes everything from us so that we have nothing but him yeah and it for most of us it drives us to him yeah and I think about you know my situation that drove me to him my relationship with him today is still based on the foundation of that brokenness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I agree. And I, I think that, you know, in our lives, we have the potential to elevate so many things, right, in our life to being our purpose, to being our focus, to being, you know, where we spend our, I think that for us in America, especially, our greatest treasure is our time because we have so many things pulling our time mm-hmm. all in every direction, right? We have work and we have hobbies and we have family and we have mm-hmm. social media and we have regular media and we, all these things vie for our time. Yeah. So where we give our time has the potential to become an idol in our lives, mm-hmm. right? Especially if it's something we love mm-hmm. and especially if it's something we're good at and we get all that positive praise for, mm-hmm. for doing well, right? Yeah. And I know this is my story. And I think that God doesn't want that. He, you know, the Bible tells us he's a jealous God. He doesn't want anything else in that place. He wants to be in that place. And so I think that he'll allow things to be taken away from us in order to put himself back in the right place. And, and then I think when we do that, then our lives are so much better. Mm-hmm. They're more balanced. And the blessings we get are the ones we're supposed to have. You know, it's not... And sometimes we get that thing back, like you're able to dance again, mm-hmm. and sometimes we don't. But what we get, if we don't get that thing back, I think we get something even better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we and get him. if we get that yeah. thing back, we get it back in a way that's better. It's different. Yeah. yeah. I'm still, I'm a completely different dancer than I was before. And there's, I'm still limited in some ways, but I move differently. I'm more aware of my body. I'm more grateful, I feel, than Mm. for dance than some people who have never gone through an injury who are waking up and complaining about going to a dance class. And I'm like, what? No, you should be thankful. Like, be thankful that you are even able to move. You know, and I'm for sure had the same mindset before I had my injury. If I was tired and didn't want to go to a 9.30 a.m. ballet class. But no, now it's just like, I'm so thankful to dance any chance I get. Mm -hmm. Um, It really is an honor. And yeah. I love that. So in addition to being a dancer, you also teach, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So you teach dance? Yes. So I do substitute for a lot of different um, dance studios in the metro Atlanta area. And currently, like right in this position, I'm not teaching right now, but I did teach for the past four or five years. Um, and I do sub at different studios. So I teach ballet, I teach contemporary, I teach all levels, but I do love to teach the older girls who are more curious and more intentional, um, about being in dance class. And by older girls, do you mean women of a certain age? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, just more girls. I've been looking for a studio to teach dance classes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So I've never, um, actually taught anyone older than me. Uh, I have to tell you guys, Christina's 20. Yeah. She's, she's early twenties. I'm not going to give her, I'm not going to, she's early. She's the youngest guest we've had and we love that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I think when I think of a studio setting, I think of, it goes up until high school, you know, like preschool to high school. So I think that I love to work with high school kids. Um, but because most of the time they're there because they want to be there and not because their mom just threw them into a class. Uh, and so they're more interested to learn and, they're more willing to try new things. But I one time did teach a married or a couple who's engaged a dance for their first uh, dance oh, for their wedding. That. So I have taught – I have worked with some people who are older than me. Um, <laughs> but uh, currently I am not teaching anyone, you know, older than me in a studio setting. But there are many studios who offer adult age classes. Um I should get my hands into that. Yeah. Um, yeah what do you really think fun. about dance for fitness? I mean, that's, I think, you know, our show is really focused on um, mental, spiritual, and emotion yeah. or physical health. And I think you're mm-hmm. touching on all of them. What do mm-hmm. you think about dance for fitness for people who are not dancers? Like, yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. I think dance totally is a form of fitness. If I'm not at the gym or if I'm not dancing, then I'm at the gym. But if I'm not at the gym, then it's like I get my workout in that day because of dance. But I think for people who are not, uh, trained dancers, dance is totally a way for fitness. Um, it's just a way that you are not thinking you're getting fitness. So it's, you're not like, okay, I have to go to the gym and do this. Like if you're just taking a dance class or an aerobics dance class or something of that form, then you're just having fun while doing it. You don't have to worry about a technique or being in the gym, doing weights and stuff like that. Like it's just a fun way to, be fit and be healthy. And, um, I don't think there's just one way that you can dance in order to be fit. Like there's so many different kinds of things you can incorporate. And nowadays, like those kinds of classes, like pure bar and those sorts of things, those use a lot of techniques from like a ballet class. And so I think, um, yeah, dancing for fitness is totally a thing and it works and anyone can do it and everyone can do it. You can literally just be in your living room and no one has to watch, you know, (laughs) or you can be in a group of people with a bunch of people, you know? Yeah. So what Um, would you say to somebody who is maybe thinking about taking a a fitness style dance class, like, like pure bar or mm -hmm. even Zumba is dance too, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So if, so so you see, I'm ignorant. I don't know. (laughs) And there's hip hop. There's uh, hip hop. Yeah. 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 So what would you say to somebody who's maybe like, I shouldn't do that because I've never taken a class like that. What would you say to that person? No, that's not the mindset. You can totally do it. It's not, those types of classes are, not like you don't have to have any prior experience. You don't have to have any knowledge of dance. You don't have to know any special terminology. Um, a lot of people in those class are probably in the same boat as you and, um, who, you know, the fact that they're not like a trained dancer Mm -hmm. or anything. So I think, you know, do some research, find out which kind of class most interests you, maybe watch some YouTube videos to see what they do in those kinds of classes. Um, and yeah, just, 
look up some some YouTube, watch some Google, and figure <laughs> out which class you if you'd rather do a pure bar, if you'd rather do a Zumba or like a hip hop class or something. What's the um, difference? What's the difference in like what is some? You said that pure bar uses some dance techniques. So can you tell me a little bit about what that might look like? Because I've never taken a class like that. Yeah. So a lot of it, they so I've taken I haven't taken a whole bunch of pure bar, but I have taken a couple classes, and a lot of it is. Um, not so much of cardio, but just kind of using your inner muscles and engaging your muscles in a way that maybe you might not be on the regular. So either like holding a plank or doing um, some squats or uh, engaging your rotator your rotator muscles in your legs. I don't know if that like kind yeah, of these the inner thigh inner thigh okay. muscles, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing lots of squats, which are similar to plies in a ballet class. Mm-hmm. Um, and working on different ways. So there's different ways you can get muscles in your legs. In some ways you can, with your legs parallel, turned in, and some with your legs turned out. And you wouldn't really think about that in, unless you're a dancer. Like, oh, this is a thing where I can yeah. gain muscle in my legs doing um, exercises with my legs turned in versus turned out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, yeah, a lot of these things stem from a ballet class. Because if, if you are a ballet dancer, you are more than likely – really strong on the inside. That's mm-hmm. just the way that it is. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like, um, almost like doing body weight, weight training and stretching together. Yeah. Does that mm-hmm. sound right? Yeah. Using okay. your own body weight. Okay. Yeah. And Zumba is more like, it's more like hip hop, right? Uh, or, it's more like Caribbean style dance. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, I don't know. It's what more, kind of, it's more active and movie than it is staying stationary and tensing up your muscles, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And pure bar is more like, and it's is more it called cardio isometric? versus strength. Cause I kind of right. think right. pure bar is more strength. strength. It is. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. Zumba is cardio. Okay. Yeah. Where I've even heard like an orange theory type class is more about the cardio. Yeah. I've never taken orange theory, but I've heard it's more about the cardio than like pure bar is more about like, I'm going to hold this and like sweat and start to shake because I'm holding a position that yeah. is allowing me to gain strength Yeah. versus doing some running or jumping around or some jumping jacks or something. So we should do both. Yeah. All of it. Okay. <laughs> I love it. If we had mobile, like, microphones, we could just do a little routine in here. Right. And maybe a little more space. (laughs) The other thing I want to say is that a lot of times people are kind of afraid to go to those classes Mm because they're like, oh, my gosh, am I going to be able to keep the beat? Everyone's Mm going to be looking at me. Trust me. Everyone's looking at themselves in the mirror. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Just go yeah. in, do it, have a good time. Yeah. yeah. And the instructors are so very encouraging. Yeah. They're, oh, that's it's good. like they're very welcoming and friendly and yeah. To me it's like um it's like going to church, right? So if you're going to if you're if you're somebody no 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 listen. Okay, if I'm you're listening. somebody who like doesn't go to church, you maybe you've never been to church, or mm-hmm. this is me when I was in the beginning, right? When I first started going to church, I was in my twenties. And I'd never been to church. And I, I went to church and I went to the biggest church I could find. So, i.e. the biggest dance class you can find. Uh-huh. And I sat in the back row. Cause then nobody noticed me. Nobody, yeah. cause I didn't want to talk to anybody. And I think it like if you're if I was going into my first dance class, I would want the same thing, like mm-hmm. the biggest class I could find in the back row. So yeah. that nobody could see me. I actually remember doing like, do you guys remember? You probably don't because you're too young, but do you remember <laughs> body pump? Do you remember Body Pump? I love yeah. Body Pump. It's still okay. around, right? It is. You it, can actually get it on an app because I had the app yeah, for a long time. How about that? <laughs> so, okay. So I used to go to a Body Pump class at a gym. And um, when I first started going, it was like ridiculous. Five o'clock in the morning with my friend Cindy, who is like an early morning um, exerciser. I don't know how she does it, but some she how somehow she suckered me into coming to this class a couple of times. So I went to this class at like five o'clock, five thirty in the morning, and I was so glad when I went there. 
and discovered that there are a whole lot of crazy people who get up at five o'clock in the morning and yeah. go to the gym to do body pump at five thirty in the morning. And I would be in the very back on the back row because somewhere along the class I would lose what was going on because either the brain wasn't working or the body wasn't working. <laughs> and I feel like it's the same thing. Like if I went to a if I went to one of these classes, I just want to be in the back mm-hmm. in a big room of people and then nobody's gonna notice me. And nobody noticed me at the gym. When I was taking that class and totally losing it, nobody noticed me and nobody mm-hmm. laughed at me. So I think, you know, that's good evidence that I could do the same thing in a dance class. And yeah. so can you, listening woman. You absolutely yeah. could. Yeah. <laughs> and just have the mindset that it's good for you. Like, who cares yeah, if yeah. there's other people there? Like, be proud of yourself for making it there and getting through the whole class. And, like, I'm here. Good for you. I moved. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's good. I won. Yeah. <laughs> I won. I won. I'm win. <laughs> So in addition to dance and teaching, and you also have all these other creative interests. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So a lot of those came along um, after my injury, and my ah, parents were another like, gift. yes, yeah. My parents were like, maybe you shouldn't just graduate with a dance degree. And I kind of ignored them for a year. And then my <laughs> junior year rolled around, and my brother sat me down and was like, hey, we all really think you should not just graduate with a dance degree. And I was like, <sighs> Okay, so I was like, what's the closest thing that I could um, add that is also something that interests me? Because at the time, I didn't think anything else interests me aside from dance. So I found this major, it's called Media Studies and Entertainment, and um, a lot of it, um, like I took a graphic design class, and I just took a lot of classes, most of them were just kind of theory classes, which were not that fun. But once I got up into the top uh, level classes, I realized that this is something that I am very interested in. So one class I took was learning how to make podcasts. And mm. another class, um, like we're I said... We're open to tips. <laughs> no, you guys are fabulous. Um, another class that I took was a graphic design class and a class about how to um, do media journalism. So we would make our own like news reports and just things like that. So anything of that sort interests me. And my dad had a camera growing up, and I just loved to, in high school, make... I was a part of the video production team, so we would be like the newscast on like that you would see in homeroom. When you said that, I was like, oh my god, she came up on the Yes. TV. No, that was literally <laughs> me, and I would read on the green screen, and I would think I was like on Channel 2 Action News or something, but it was really just from Hillgrove High School. It was nothing special. Don't um, say just. <laughs> well, one time, the person who was running the teleprompter, I will not name names, messed up, but I practiced my script the night before, so I kept going, and my teacher loved me. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I know you remember that person's <laughs> She nailed it. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you're trying to make me look stupid on the rest of the high school. Like, uh, girl, we can't do this. This is why. I'm a pro. <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, no, so I've always just been really interested in videos and photos, and I didn't think that I could actually make it a thing until uh, a few years ago. So I decided to add a whole other major in my last two years of college. Side note, don't do that. Um, <laughs> it's not fun. But I squeezed in a whole – another degrees worth in two years. So um, it ended up being really worth it because now I do photography on the side and I do not even on the side. It's like a main thing for me now. Like that's really how I make a lot of my money is photography and um, videography as well. And I also have started picking up doing graphic design. So I've been doing graphic design for a year now. And um, yeah, it's been 
really fun. I love getting to use all of my creative elements. So I'm, I feel like I'll never be the person to have a nine to five job in an office somewhere. That's just, there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I I just can't sit still for that long. And I just love to be creative. So, um, yeah, right now I don't have just one job. I'm just kind of freelancing and dipping my toes into everything. And eventually we'll see where that takes me. I love Um, that. And I've, and I've been to your website and mm -hmm. looked at the pictures and you are so talented. It's beautiful. I think you're doing a great job. Thank you. And for somebody who's still relatively new at professional photography, Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, not even for that, but, but with that in mind, it's even Mm -hmm. better. I mean, I think you've got a great eye. Thank you. You've done a great job. And I love that, you know, I I believe that sometimes in our um, adversity, not Mm -hmm. not sometimes, I think always Mm -hmm. God meets us there and mm-hmm. he and he shows us other things and especially I love that you you talked about how hard it was when you were injured and what a sort of dark place that was but you fought your way out of that mm-hmm. you know you looked for other opportunities you showed grit mm-hmm. to to be able to find other things and mm-hmm. the silver lining and life wasn't over because you went through something hard. You right. know, you still had beautiful things ahead of you mm-hmm. and you embraced those. And I love that. And I also, and it also seems like more things ahead of you yes. than you would have had that injury not happen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think too, you know, the other thing I heard in your story was the importance of um, your community, mm-hmm. people who came beside you yeah. and encouraged you and believed in you. Yeah. And I think, pushed you, yeah, sure. and pushed you. And <laughs> I, I think family and your community at school and yeah. mentors. Yeah. And I think for all of us, you know, in our lives, we're all going to go through hard stuff. Either you went through it, mm-hmm. you're going through it, or you're going to go through it. And most of us are going to repeat that cycle yeah. throughout our lives. And we all need to have a community of people who cheer for us, yeah. who encourage us, who push us, who challenge us, especially when the chips are down, right? Especially when things are hard. We need people who can believe in us. And I love that you had that community and tapped into that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It just made me think of a conversation that I've had with my oldest child um, and just helping him understand that no one successful makes it there in a vacuum or on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody needs someone to Mm -hmm. help them, whether it be a mentor, a family member. Everyone needs help. Everyone needs help kind of identifying direction or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's no failure in accepting that help. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me too, I've, I've been somebody who's done lots of different things. Like if you looked at my, if I listed everything on my resume, it would be kind of crazy. It looks like three different people's resume yeah, kind of mashed too. together. Or it's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. how did you get from there to I there? Know, yeah. right? I know, right? I know. You know, and, and part of that's just, I've just said yes to yeah. things that I was interested in. You yeah. know, when opportunities came, I just said, yes, okay, I'll try that. Yeah. And I don't consider myself to be a particularly brave person. And yet I have taken, I guess, as I look backwards on it, you know, I've taken risks to do things that maybe weren't straightforward and some of them didn't pan out, right? Some of them, I even went so far as to get a degree in an area where I don't use it. I never have used it. I, I didn't use it when I graduated, but I learned really? some things. So I have, a, I have an associate. No, it's an associate. Oh, okay. I have an associate's in fashion merchandising D. Oh. Never used it. Never one time. Do you know why I got that degree? Because why? I love to shop. <laughs> 
I'm not kidding. That was what it was when I graduated from high school. I didn't know what I did. I I bet you've used it in some way. Right. Well, so that so that's the thing is I was gonna say is like, but even though I never worked in that industry, Mm -hmm. nothing is lost. Yeah. Yeah. There were skills that I learned. There were there were people I met. There were experiences that I had that I was able to transfer into other areas. And I think that for you, it sounds Mm -hmm. like Christina, your passion for dance was about art and movement Mm -hmm. and music and all the things that are beauty you know I think those are that's how sort of I think God expresses part of what he shows us as beauty Mm -hmm. is in music and dance and channel that into other areas yeah and and you know most of us might not live our lives like you you know with all that creativity or doing that full time and that's okay because some Mm -hmm. of us need to be accountants and some of us need to be IT people we need those people first of all there we need is y'all. Beauty in creating a database. <laughs> Absolutely, there is. Okay, you're right. There is order, and there yes. is. I love. I think that it's true. And you the way it. that they flow together, the tables work together. Yeah. There yeah. is. That's a very creative endeavor. Right. Yes. And I'm sure there's something creative about accounting that won't get you in jail. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. My point is that we need all people to have all these Absolutely. different, you know, there's a place for all of it. And, all, and I, I agree with you. I think there's beauty in all of that. You have to be able to see it. That's that old mm-hmm. saying, right? Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. To me, yeah. accounting isn't beautiful. But <laughs> to the accountant who loves accounting, it is beautiful. It is beautiful. And for that, sure. I think there's nothing that's that's great because we need people who can do all the things. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I love that God has gifted you in all these different ways. It's so cool and it's so fun. And so for a woman maybe who doesn't find herself um, drawn to dance or who doesn't think of herself as a particularly creative person, what would you say to her to maybe tap into some of that if she's got the slightest bit of interest? Any advice? Yeah. Well, I would just say don't be afraid and just use your imagination. Um, I know that sounds like something you would give advice to a little kid, but I think our imagination and your mind is totally endless. There's so many possibilities. Um, if you're interested in dancing or you're interested in being a creative in, in any way, just try it. Just dabble into it a little bit. There, You won't lose anything from it. You won't regret even just trying. Um, there's so many exciting things that can come from it. Um, I love that. Yeah. I think that's great advice. Just try yeah. Just try. I yeah. think that's great advice. Yeah. And I don't think that's advice that's advice just for kids. I right. Think, I think it definitely is for kids, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, kind of going back to the idea of like we're all intuitively dancers as babies, we hear music and we yeah. dance. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we, when we're kids, we're not afraid to try things. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about that already, mm-hmm. and I think that that should apply to us as adults. So yeah. I love that, Christina. Yeah. I think that's great mm-hmm. advice. I love yeah. that. Well, as we wrap up the show today, I want to say, first of all, thank you so much for being with us, Christina. Thank you for having me. I loved listening to your story. It's been so fun. I learned a lot about you. Mm -hmm. I feel like you have so much to offer. And um, I want to say thanks to our listeners for listening to this fun show. It's a little bit of a departure, a little different than some of our other shows, but totally appropriate for Mm -hmm. thinking about spiritual, emotional, and physical health. And I I think everyone should go dancing now. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever you are, when, as you finish up the show, go ahead and turn on some dance music, move your body. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even just social dancing. Yeah. You know, like if you're at a party or I know my family has 
gatherings all the time and we always end up dancing together. oh I love you that know, like, it's the wedding in my living room like, dancing <laughs> with my dad or something oh like gosh. you know yeah I have a picture of your dad dancing now oh gosh. <laughs> I love that I love that yeah all right well awesome thanks so much again for listening to the show today ladies we are so excited to have had you with us and um, I would encourage you if you're not already subscribing to the podcast do do that <laughs> do subscribe to the show <laughs> on whatever podcast listening app you like and make sure you share it with a friend and let other people know what you think about the show by rating it. So give us five stars um, or tell us what you think. And if you've got suggestions, don't hesitate to reach out to us via social media. We want to know what you think. Um, drop us an email um, at southernfriedgirlfriends at gmail.com and let us know if you've got ideas for the show. We would love to hear it. And of course, as we close out the show, we always ask the same question. And so the question today is what is one thing you're going to do to be healthier today? So for me, I already got my workout in this morning. Woo woo, good for you. I'm feeling so good. I love, love, love the Peloton app. So I don't have a Peloton bike, okay. but I do have a treadmill and I have a stationary bike. So I use the Peloton app to do like awesome. a walk and to do like, well, it was 20 minutes on the bike. I did six, but yay for <laughs> me. Yay, yay. Yeah. <laughs> so I already got that done. Good but for you. my youngest son just started working and we haven't been able to hang out. So he asked me yesterday if we could watch a movie tonight. Oh, oh my god. That's so sweet. Movie night with my 17 year old. Oh, I love that. Do you know what movie you guys are going to watch? No idea. Okay. There's lots of good ones out there. Yeah, I love that. Dude, yeah. That is good for your health. What about you, Christina? What are you going to do today? So mine may seem just really simple, but I just need to drink more water. Mm. And so I just need to tell myself to drink more water. And I actually started last night. I was like, I need to be drinking way more water. Because uh, when I'm dancing, I'm drinking a lot of water. But when I'm not dancing, sometimes I just forget about it. So I just need to drink more water. I know that may not sound very No, I love that. That's a great one. It is. Skin and energy. Yeah. And... I think hydration is so important. And we need to have a show about hydration because I think that's a great topic. And you know what? Last season, I think you wanted to do that and I we did. didn't get to it. Okay. We're going to try to get it on the calendar. <laughs> so for me, we are hosting. So we're recording this show on Saturday before Easter. And so tomorrow's Easter, my favorite holiday of the year. And I'm so excited that we're hosting Easter for the second or third year for our family. And so I have like 40 people coming over tomorrow oh, wow. for Easter. And so for my mental health, I'm going to clean my house <laughs> <Yeah>. and cook <laughs> so that tomorrow I can go to church and be with my church family and celebrate the resurrection of Christ and then mm -hmm. enjoy the day with my family. Because if I don't get a head start, I'll be crazy tomorrow and yeah. I'd rather just be able to enjoy myself. Are you doing a lot of cooking or? I am, a, I am preparing a few things, okay. um, but mostly what I need to do is clean house and mm. sort of prep for the day. So we're also yeah. doing an Easter egg hunt. So I got to fill the eggs and, yeah. do, you know, I just got to do all that stuff to get ready for a house full of people. Yeah. So whether it's Easter or another day, we love to entertain, but I have mm. to start early. And so that's part of my mental health. And a tip for you folks who love to entertain is start early. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again for being with us today. We have loved the show. It's been a lot of fun talking to Christina and I think this is a great topic and I look forward to chatting with y'all again soon. Bye. Bye. You usually <laughs> say bye.